You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ogi Ogui, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. All right. Thank you very much. How was your week? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I wanted to say congratulations to... Thank you, thank you, thank you. I wanted to say, I'm not saying it. wanted to. No. In this church, we preach just the word of God. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes. You're not supposed to be a Christian and a Chelsea fan. There's a revelation behind it. You see, because the Bible says we should be hot. Amen. Blue is the color of cold. Not hot. Jason, do you have prayer life like this? (laughs) Finn, do you have prayer life? Because you are cold. Amen. Congratulations to you guys. (laughs) John chapter 4, verse 20 to 28. John chapter 20 to 28. Father, we thank you for the teaching of your word. We thank you because the entrance of your word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. Thank you because in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And the same was with God in the beginning. And all things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life and that life was the light of men. That light shines in darkness and darkness cannot comprehend it. We pray that as the Word of God is taught this morning, that the Word will shine in the dark corners of our heart and bring illumination in the name of Jesus. The world dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We pray that as the word is taught today, that that revelation of Jesus that you wanted us to have and you still want us to have, we will come to the fullness of it in the name of Jesus. We pray that as the word is taught today, Jesus is glorified and we are edified. In Jesus' name we have prayed. All right, John chapter 4, verse 20 to 26, not 28, 26. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. Yet you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Next verse. Jesus told her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Next verse. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from Jews. Next verse. But an hour is coming and now is, or and is now here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father, how? In spirit and truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. Next verse. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Next verse. The woman said unto him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then verse 26. The last verse. It says, I am he, Jesus told her, the one speaking to you. There was a conversation between Jesus and the woman in the Bible known as the woman by the well, or the Samaritan woman. And um, somehow the conversation, you know, pivoted into a talk about worship. And you need to understand that worship is not necessarily about singing songs. Worship is actions done 
in honor of God or of a deity. That's what worship is. Actions done in honor of a deity. So, they were talking about worshiping. And in this context, it was actually about prayer. Where do we go to pray? Where do we go to offer our sacrifices? And the woman said, um, Jacob gave us this well. And so, um, we were told that it's on this, at this well. But you Jews say it's on this particular mountain in Jerusalem. Where exactly is it? And Jesus was like, you see, a time is coming where the location won't matter because the location will be in spirit. Are you getting it? So, notice the conversation was about location, right? So, when he said the worship in spirit, he was referring to a location, right? So, he said the location wouldn't matter. The location will be in spirit. And the methodology won't matter because some people sacrifice bulls and goats and cows and all of those things are types and shadows. But that time is coming when it won't be on a mountain with bulls and goats. It will be in spirit and truth. Do you understand? You will worship God in truth. Verity. Praise the Lord. This means that there is um, an unacceptable type of worship. Are you getting what I'm saying? There is an unacceptable type of worship. There's, there's worship that is not accepted before God. And contrary to what many people think, a lot of people think that the worship that is not accepted before God is maybe you have a believer who probably made a mistake. Maybe last night you did something you were not supposed to do or this morning on your way to church um, so you were driving and some guy just overtook you as it was raining some guy splashed water on you and you gave him the five fingers of God's blessings praise the Lord <laughs> and then you get to church and you feel like oh I don't think God will accept the worship that I'm offering this morning that's not the unaccepted kind of worship the type of worship that is not accepted is worship that is not done number one in the spirit and number two worship that is not done with the knowledge of the truth Praise the Lord. And so, think about it like this. I don't like eating onions, for instance. I don't know why this is the example that came to mind. <laughs> but I personally don't like eating onions. I hate it. I don't understand how people eat it raw, especially. I'm looking at you. <laughs> I don't understand how people eat it raw, especially. But then, there are some cultists that go to buy soya at night. And after they've bought soya, they ask for onions. And they slice the onions into the soya. And they carry it home and eat it like that. They are cultists, so it's okay. But if I sent you to buy me soya at night, and you come back with onions, you will eat your onions. Because I don't want it. Do you understand? I don't want it. Got to learn to worship God the way He wants to be worshipped. Some people think, you know, the other day I was teaching and I told you, when you call God beautiful names, it's not for Him. Do you understand? God is not going to start blushing when you say Arupa or Jo. Give me the names. What are the names? Agbani Lagbata. What are the names? Alagbada. You know, you know, God is not going to blush when you say, "Stop it." Say Agbani Lagbata. 
Some people think that as you start hailing him like that, you are greater than the greatest. God's like, say more, say more, say more. God is not, God is not like that. <laughs> Do you understand? Do you know how if you meet somebody who is confident about who they are, nothing you say will change their mindset about who they are, right? Nobody is more confident about the person's personality than God is. He knows he is God. You know, you must be extremely confident that when somebody should tell you that who should I say sent me, you tell the person, say, I am. That's who I am. I am. That statement means I'm the only one that exists. I'm the one. It's, when you say I am, you should know who you are talking about. <laughs> so saying to God, calling him all those beautiful names, doesn't work. It's not for him. It's not to please him. God is like, wow. You are doing me so. <laughs> so you are doing well. <laughs> no. They work for you. And it's true. It's okay. You can call him the healer, the one who healed you. And this is the truth. You know, I don't like when people say things like all those names. You are chanting incantations. You are wrong. It's not incantations. In the New Testament, you have um, even Paul called God a name that does not father. <laughs> At some point, it was called the father of lights. The one after whom the whole um, of the earth is named. Um, the morning star. At some point, it's called the day star. So there are many names in the New Testament. Do you see? So... It works for the person who is worshipping. Do you get it? Yeah. So when, when, when you're singing that old Don Wen song, I am the Lord that he lets thee, I sent my word. Now, what that song is doing is it's, it's stirring up your faith to believe that God heals. Now, is God a healer primarily? Is that all he is? No. He heals because he's a father that has the ability to heal and wouldn't want to see his children sick. Are you getting it? So, the full, um, the sum total of God's personality to you is Father. He's your daddy. Amen. Uh-huh. So, don't think that you're doing some form of worship when you're doing Oriki. You know, that thing that he did at the end of that um, Olon Ragbae song. Yeah. Ah, once God hears it like this, he'll get up and start dancing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How does God want to be worshipped? He wants to be worshipped in the spirit. And worshipping God in the spirit is not just speaking in tongues. Worshipping God in the spirit is worshipping God with the knowledge and the declarations of what he has done in Christ. So for instance, there are two people who come to worship God. And one person is singing... um, you saved me. That, that song by R. Kelly. You saved me. You saved me. And the, the context of you saved me is I was going to have an accident. That's the song. I was driving by. And then, and then a car was coming. I, was, I, was, I can't remember the lyrics of the song. And then he almost jammed me. And then God saved me. And that's one person's worship. And the other person is worshiping and saying, thank you for giving us your son. Listen. God is pleased with both forms of worship. (laughs) Amen. Amen. But, on a more, if if they were to weigh both forms of worship, one person's worship will transcend above the others. And it's the one who was thanking him for the giving of his son. Are you getting me? 
So Cain and Abel, for instance, in Genesis chapter 5, 4, this is 5, I think. Cain and Abel went to offer sacrifices, right? And one person offered a sacrifice of plants and all those other things. And another offered the sacrifice of a lamb, an animal fat. Now, one person's sacrifice was not really accepted. <laughs> and the other person's sacrifice was. Raise your hand if you've ever thought, what did Cain do? That his sacrifice was not accepted. Raise your hand if you've ever thought it before. Nothing. He did nothing. It was the sacrifice itself. Cain's sacrifice was accepted because it was a typology. God was saying, the sacrifice I will accept is the sacrifice of my, my son, the Lamb of God. Do you understand? Yeah, it's very simple. It wasn't about Cain or Abel. Abel was probably a stubborn guy. You know, we read the story of Cain and Abel, we think Cain was the bad guy. You don't know Abel. I know he was a stubborn guy because he was last born at the time. <laughs> Have you met last borns? <laughs> he was last born at the time. So Abel was not a good guy. We don't know he was. <laughs> We don't know that Abel really loved God. No. All we know was Cain was a farmer. Abel was a herdsman. Do you get it? Cain, Cain was going to worship God. And then he brought his plants. And Abel brought. And God accepted Abel's sacrifice. Not because of anything Abel did. But because of himself. Because of God. He was showing, he was showing something he was going to do later. That the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, will be accepted. Are you getting it? That was simple. So there's such a thing as sacrifice or worship that is not accepted. And as a Christian, you will do your best to um, be acquainted to the kind of worship that is acceptable. The giving of God's spirit changed a lot. Are you getting what I'm saying? The giving of God's spirit changed a whole lot. You see, before God's spirit came, worship was, the, you know this thing we do here where we just come and just start singing and we are worshiping God. As long as we are speaking in tongues, blah, blah, blah. you couldn't do it in the Old Testament. No, you couldn't. You couldn't talk to God in the Old Testament without first offering sacrifices for the sins that you have done. Ha! You, you want to talk to God. So before, if they had a service, if this was an Old Testament church, for instance, we should have an altar somewhere. And some of you that, because service lasts longer than two hours, you run away from church, you won't be able to. Because first and foremost, the sacrifices take the whole day. They, they, when the, and the high priest might die. It's true. They used to tie bells to the high priest's leg and a rope. So as he's entering into the Holy of Holies, they're listening for the bell that is it still? Because if you go inside there, do one or two, and God just turn to see her to glory. So once the high priest should die, you drag him out. Then this, we came for service, so high priest died. We dragged him out. Then we now start electing another high priest. So when we finally elected a new high priest, we now beg him. Now please go back inside and finish what the other guy started. When he has now finished, that's why we cannot come and be jumping and be singing and be dancing up and down. That was Old Testament worship. 
But in the New Testament, your sins have been taken care of once for all time. You know, some people don't believe that the sacrifice of Jesus was efficacious once for all time. If you don't believe it, then you can't stand before... You think your sins are forgiven because you said, God, forgive me. On what basis? That's not justice. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Very ridiculous. A lot of people think that, you know, there's this funny thing people do that. Don't worry, I'll just, I'll just flex, flex, flex. Then, the moment I realize I'm about to die. <laughs> it has to be three times. And you think you just walk into heaven like that? Think it was because of that? What does this mean? <laughs> my head, my, sh- my chest, my... What are you doing? <laughs> Your sins were forgiven because somebody died on the cross. Hallelujah. And you believed in his work. Hallelujah. Simple. For God loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes, not whoever believes and once in a while goes back for, what they call it? Is it absolution or... What they call it? Ablution. It goes back for all of that. that Whoever believes and does those things will not perish but have everlasting life. You know how dangerous John 3.16 would have been if it was partially true? (laughs) For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes, whoever, will not perish but have everlasting life. All he asked you to do was what? Believe. You know how dangerous that, that, that verse of scripture would have been? If Jesus low-key meant believe and other things, but I'm too tired to say other things, so just, for now, let's leave it as believe. We would all get to heaven and say, you said we should believe. Ah. Ah. You too, you believed. Ah. So I'm very sorry. Just go to hell, I will revise. Giving of God's spirit changed a lot. It changed a lot. So now we can lift up holy hands. And the moment we say, Father, we have his attention. Are you getting this? In the Old Testament, the prayer of a sinner was an abomination unto God. A sinner could not say, Father. When Jesus said God was his father, they wanted to kill him. Say, You, you're a man. How can you be equal to ah, how can you say God is your father? They wanted to kill him. But now, the moment I say, Father, I have his attention. He's listening. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, the right kind of worship will be done with this knowledge. Praise the Lord Jesus. What kind of songs do you sing when you want to worship God? What kind of songs do you sing? A lot of people, a lot of people sing emotional songs to make them feel emotional. And this is the funny thing, Right? Because I know a little bit of music theory. There are some chords that when you play, they just make you emotional. Yeah. Any song that is done on D minor will just naturally sound emotional. So that thing you think is a spiritual feeling is just music. <laughs> so what kind of songs do you sing? What, what, what are the words in your song? So, for instance, somebody will sing, um, <sighs> there are some songs I don't like to hear. And sometimes, 
I feel the leading to sing them. So I have to give context before I sing them. There's one. If you don't help me, where else can I go? Nowhere. Nowhere. How many of you know the song? I run to you. It's not a bad song in itself. But the way it was sung, as if you are, you are trying to convince God to help you. That's not the God that you serve. God is more eager to help you than you are to ask him. Oh, I'm telling you. The Bible says that hardly would you find a good man die for his friends. Maybe, seldom, a good man would die for a good person. It says, but while we were yet sinners, God died for us. You didn't know that you needed his death before he died. Do you get it? So when you sing that song, don't sing it like God. Now you are that day. If you don't help me like this, I don't have any other place to go. Please help me. Consider me. No. Praise the Lord. Now, I said that the giving of the Spirit changed a lot of things. And one of the things that the giving of the Spirit did was that it made us bold speakers. We declare with boldness the things that Christ has done. The Holy Ghost is a speaking spirit. Do you get it? The Holy Spirit is a speaking spirit. Let's look at a couple of scriptures then. We'll spend some time talking about um, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And then we'll practice it. A couple of scriptures. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. Um, projection guys, you guys are going to have to walk really fast because I'm about to call like four scriptures. Acts 2.4, look at the screen. It says, then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to what? Alright, the next one is Acts 4.8. Acts 4.8. Acts 4.8. Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and did what? Alright, Acts chapter 6 verse 8 to 10. Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. Then, some from what is called the Freedmen Synagogue, composed of both Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia and Asia, came forward and disputed with Stephen. But they were not able to stand up against the wisdom and... um, There's something in that corner that I can't see. The wisdom and the spirit by whom he what? All right, the last... Let me see, is this the last one? Acts chapter 7, 55 and 56. Acts 7, 55 and 50. You know what? Acts 7, 55 and 56. <laughs> Acts 7, 55 and 56. Are we there? All right. But Stephen, filled by whom? Gazed into heaven. He saw God's glory with Jesus standing at the right hand. And he did what? Said. Whenever in the, in the book of Acts, and I can keep going, if you read all the way down to Acts 16, in the book of Acts, when you see he was filled with the Spirit, it's usually followed by, and he said, or he spoke, or he speak, however you want to say it. The Holy Spirit is a speaking Spirit. And usually, or this is why, In your life, you must learn to speak. This is important. Hallelujah. 
So there are declarations that you must learn to make your daily declarations. Now, when you read through the book of Acts, what were they saying? Were they just talking randomly? No. Were they just talking? No. They usually spoke about, number one, the goodness of God. And number two, the effects of the work of God in their lives. The effects of the work of God in their lives. Hallelujah. So, what will you speak? That's why you ought to be careful what you are saying. Not everything is a joke. Not everything is funny. Your words, your words have the capacity to change, to shape and change your mind. Because you see, let me tell you something. I've always said this. In, when it comes to spiritual things, the mind is a perpetual learner. Is that true? Yeah. The mind is always confused when it comes to spiritual things. Until you train it. And so, if you don't learn to speak what Christ has done, your mind won't understand it. Listen. Confidence in the things of God come from consistent confessions. Is the truth. That's why some songs you can't you can't sing them again. Because those songs are not in tune with the reality that you've received in Christ Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. One guy sang said, I'm, I'm trying to make it to heaven. I've said I've could I've referenced this song a lot of times. I'm trying to make it to heaven, but I'm stuck on the moon. He said gravity keeps pulling me down. That's not you. Hallelujah. So you don't sing like that. So instead of singing, when you come to collect your people, remember, do you know how ridiculous that sounds? How many of you went to boarding schools? Raise your hand if you did. Raise your hand above your head. Be proud of it. Now just imagine your parents, your mom was coming to school. Maybe it's the end of the term. And she was coming to pick you up from school. And so you called home and she said, I'm going to come on Sunday. I'll be, I'll be in your school around 3 p.m. And then you say, mommy. When you come, please remember me. Don't forget me in school. It was for you he died. So when he's coming, it is for you he's coming. Do you get this? The Bible calls in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. He says the Holy Spirit, especially verse 14, is the earnest, do you get it, of the salvation until the redemption of the purchased possession. You might not get it, but this is the... Simple English way of saying it. The Holy Spirit is God's down payment until he comes to collect what he paid for. You don't go to a supermarket, make a down payment, go out, then come back and forget what you made a down payment for. Secondary school, I had a classmate that said he went to a supermarket. He bought 10 sets of provision. Now, if you didn't go to... A boarding school. Let me tell you what a set of provision is. A set of provision is generally maybe cornflakes, milo, milk, sugar. That's one set. Did you get it? Uh, so he bought ten sets of provision and left nine. Forgot nine. <laughs> he forgot nine. You forgot the whole nine. 
That's how ridiculous it sounds when you say, oh, come on. So instead of singing that song, you say, I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Hallelujah. When the devil comes to tell you that you are not, you are not worthy of God's love or I'm chosen. God chose me. He didn't choose you. He punished you. Me, I'm chosen. So, you would learn, and this is basically what a spiritual song is. A spiritual song is just putting melody to the declarations of what God has done. It doesn't always have to be in tongues. Or it doesn't always have to be chant, because that's what a lot of people like. Hey, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Everybody was cut out. But we can do spiritual songs. I mean, for instance, what we sang this morning, I've forgotten the lyrics of the song. I love who you are. I've seen you. what we sang. <laughs> that was a spiritual song. It was on the spot. You, you can put lyrics, you can put melody to the words. And sing them over and over and again. And this is the beautiful thing about spiritual songs. They just warm the heart. They just give they, they, they just have a way of warming your soul. Because Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess. He says, But be filled with the Spirit. It says, Singing and making melody. I'm speaking to one another in Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. So, it usually starts from the heart. Praise the Lord. So, how do we get into singing spiritual songs? For the time being, forget your problems. It's true. Leave them outside. You've been worrying about your problems since. What has that got you? Where has that taken you to? So, can we have a deal? Forget the problem. Does that make sense at least? Yeah, forget it. I don't know what you came to service with, but can we have a deal that you will forget it now? Yeah. Just drop it aside. And decide that you're... Learn to delight yourself on the law of God. Learn to delight yourself on the word of God and on the things of God. You mean that God gave his best for me? Oh, boy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not that every single prayer time you are crying, God, do it, Lord. Do it. No. You know, sometimes the issue is that we've not learned how to wait. And in the waiting period, this is why many people get impatient. I'm done teaching them. We'll pray a little bit now. This is why many people get impatient when um, they've prayed for something. You've asked God for something and God has answered you. God has supplied. There's a supply of the spirit that's coming your way. Sometimes it just takes time to get to you. And in the period where it's meant to get to you, we get into doubt. We start to worry. 
We don't know how to wait. So how do you wait? It's not just by telling yourself, Lassisi, calm down. No. How do you wait? Sounds, hymns, spiritual songs. Hallelujah. I remember, I had an extra year in the university. And somehow, that was my best year in school. For those of you that are looking at me like, ah, pastor, you are Oludo. You are not lying. <laughs> I had an extra year in university. And if you've ever had an extra year or you've had to do summer, whatever, you know that it's a terrible feeling. If you've got to, or you have carryover. Ooh. Having to attend classes with, quote unquote, your juniors. Horrible feeling. So I remember the first day, I, I was in school. I got to school. And if you attended Covenant University, you know that Covenant University as, a, as an institution has PhD and master's in stressing students. So I got to school and then they made everybody pack their cars outside of the school gate. Then you will carry your box and use your leg into school. So I remember dragging my box down and I was, I was somewhat famous in school. Pastor Oge, Saoge, whatever. So I'm coming back and people are like, oh, what are you doing here? Because my mates have just graduated. And you know, some people don't know how to read the handwriting on the wall. <laughs> I'm dragging books. What do you think I'm doing here? I came to sell clothes. <laughs> so I became so downcasted. I was, I was just sad. And suddenly, there was a song that the Holy Spirit put in my heart. I can't remember the song now. But I remember it was spontaneous. And as I was just dragging my box, I just remember the Holy Spirit telling me that, calm down. I promise you, this semester will be the best you've had in school. Now, when the Holy Spirit is saying such things to you, you're like, how? How exactly is it going to be the best? I'm carrying over. Everybody that sees me, like my very presence indicates failure. <laughs> As I appeared, ah, you failed. <laughs> but it was. Because I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> so sometimes your heart might not get it. You might not be able to see it, but you just sing it. Hallelujah. You say it till it makes sense to you. You sing it till your heart begins to understand it. Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.